Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is our own Lasse Boding, head of the coordinating center of the Danish National Biobank. On the topic, leveraging the potential of the Danish National Biobank. So, once again, my name is Lasse Boding, and I thought I might just... Explain the picture that you saw a couple of times already. Uh, so in this picture, we're inside the Danish National Biobank and we're inside our largest robotic freezer. So it's a minus 20 Celsius uh, freezer that stores pure DNA and uh, filter paper cards. So the PKU cards or Gertrude cards, they're actually stored inside this minus 20 Celsius robot. We store them there to, to have easy... Uh, easy storage, but especially also to have easy access when we have a request for a clinical follow-up or a specific research project, as we already heard about a couple of times today. Uh, so the International Biobank was opened in 2012. So we've been alive for some eight years by now. Um, so I think we have we have touched upon, upon this already, but but the main reason for having large sample collections, large population-based biobanks um, with linkage to register-based information is really to follow the individuals from birth and to grave. And in this life, life course, uh, many various events happen. Uh, a person is born, are vaccinated, uh, different family circumstances, they might have kid, kids, they get a job, they work somewhere, they move, uh, they move home. At some point, they might have a disease, they have a treatment. Um, the treatment might work, it might not work, and in the end, they'll die. Uh, but the point here is that very many of these instances we can follow in the registries, and from very many of these uh, times of a person's life, we would actually have uh, the person represented with a biological sample as well in, in our large biobanks. So here, exemplified by stars, we can actually go in and say we have women developing breast cancer, uh, having a treatment that might work or might not work, but it could also be that we go in five years before or maybe even 10 years before and do a, an early biomarker study to identify could we have set in a lot earlier, could we have prevented it, could we have treated it so early that the, the, the prognosis was a lot better. And that's really the key to what we do and why we do it. Um, so here's just a, a quick example of a, of a paper being published uh, quite rapidly due to these large resources and the high level of automation we do have in the Danish National Biobank. So here researchers set out to investigate pyloric stenosis, the most common cause of surgery in newborns. An idea uh, arose in January 2012. Um, samples were the project, of course, was approved and so on. Samples were retrieved and delivered half a year later. Uh, results entered, manuscript were written, and after a year and a half, it was published in JAMA. Uh, 
very interesting uh, paper by Bjarke Fenstra et al. Uh, and, and it took a year and a half. So that's, that's extremely fast. It's not always the case, but it happens. And, and we think it's great when it does. Uh, and this study on, on, on uh, pyloric stenosis actually led to, to three follow-up studies that are, uh, are revolving around metabolomics, a broader GWAS study and, and a register-based study in, in relation with and re- the relation to heart failure. Um, so the Danish National Biobank is a, is a large biobank. I think currently we store uh, more than 12 million biological samples. We have very many samples coming in every day. We have a, a, a highly automated setup with uh, many liquid handlers that takes care of the sample. We store them mainly in automated freezing system as minus, at minus 20 and minus 80 Celsius. We also have more manual storage. We also have nitrogen tanks. We do some upfront analysis on some projects. We do some genetic analysis, metabolomics, and so on. Um, we partner up with uh, different external stakeholders where we are infrastructure. Get the samples in, handle them, do some analysis maybe, put them in the robotic freezers, and when we have a request, we hand them out. Um, so just some examples that recently we did a large collaboration with the Danish Cancer Society, where we collected a very large population-based cohort. Back in the 90s, they sampled uh, more than 50,000, 57,000 healthy individuals. Uh, now they went out to the next generations. Therefore, the study is called Diet Cancer on Health Next Generations and sampled the kids and the grandkids of the original participants. So in this, this study that ran for a couple of years, they sampled uh, 42,000 uh, descendants from the original cohort and did extensive uh, clinical examinations, questionnaires, and so on. And every day we got the samples from around 150 healthy individuals in the biobank in eight different tube formats, divided them to 24 freezing tubes, put them in freezers, totaling more than a million samples, and did some upfront analysis that was readily available to the Danish Cancer Society. So that's a great project. Uh, it ended quite recently and, and will be made available to research widely. Um, another great project is the Danish National Birth Cohort. So again, some 20 years ago, uh, more than 100,000 Danish pregnancies were followed throughout the pregnancy, first, second, and third trimester. Um, and now, ever since, we've been following uh, the kids, and the kids are on average now around 20 years, very densely with questionnaire data, but also with blood sampling in the pregnancy and, and in follow-up projects now. So that's also a, a really great cohort that had a very broad representation. We do have many other important stakeholders. You heard from some of them today, so I'll not go into details with that. Um, so... Getting back to the, to, the, to the biological samples we control, the Danish National Biobank, they're listed here. Very many different sample types from, from very many individuals. This is available on our, on our website as well, so you don't need to read through it. Um, a bit of actuality could be, could be placed here with COVID-19 samples. So we're actually we're situated at Staten Serum Institute right next to the Test Center Denmark setup, so the place where all the COVID samples are analyzed um, from the Danish society. And that, because the biobank was adjacent, we actually collected all the excess material from the testing. And so far, we collected more than a million uh, throat swaps from the Danish population. Obviously, not all of these positive for COVID-19. Here stated 4,400. And of course, this, this number grows every day because we still have ongoing testing and actually do have high, 
quite some pressure in the population. Other blood samples and, and of course, other sample collections that was already there. When we link it up to COVID testing databases, we can see how many did we actually have in store already who's later on developed COVID-19. Um, so here's just, here's just another representation of all the different samples we have in store. If we go through the coding books, and in this example, we use the ICD-8 and ICD-10 coding systems, and just classify our samples in different disease categories, you can say, okay, I'm interested in patients with respiratory diseases. And on this figure, you can see that diseases in the respiratory system would be represented in the biobank with some 1.3 million samples from 850,000 individuals. So of course, that's a large number, but it's also a very large category of diseases. And then you, you, you become more interested and you dig deeper and you go deeper in and find a specific variant of the disease you're interested in. Uh, you contact me and, and we make a specific research project. But this is just to give a grand overview of everything that's in store and how it can be used for a research. So, so how to identify this as a researcher? We build this register we call the Danish Biobank Register. So the, the mission here is to try to make a common overview for Danish biobanks. On the left side, you have the participating biobanks. It's a, it's a bottom-up initiative. Everybody can join. It's for free. They need to, to send us a list of samples in store. We take this overview, put it in a database, and link it up to the, to the civil registration system in Denmark, to the national patient register, and to the pathology register. And this register linkage is really key because you can tap into the register resources and find a filter uh, through the patient groups and find a specific cohort for a research project. Uh, so here's just an example of how the system works. It's, it's readily available online, so you can just go to the DanishNationalBioBank.com and find the system. Um, so there is a, a very easy interface, uh, four tabs you go through. First of all, you define who, are, who am I interested in? Are they males? Are they females? How old are they? Where were they born, etc. You put in a diagnosis code, of the, the, the disease of interest. In this case, we're looking at ischemic heart disease. So different codes. We put in the, the, the ICD codes I20 to I25. Uh, you can see the names here from the Danish dictionary. We put them as a primary search criteria. We go to look at specific biobanks. So am I interested in a specific disease biobank? Am I interested in just seeing what is in Denmark or how does it work? And here by Example, we just looked at our own samples in the Danish National Biobank. And uh, on this window, you also define the sample types you're looking for in the end. Um, so you define the report you want to get out. You get the results out as a CSV file in, in an email. So here I just set up, I'm interested in uh, the sample type uh, that, that's been collected and the number of samples and number of individuals just to do a broad search. I can filter it uh, more down later. So in the end, you put, most importantly, your email address because the results are delivered on an email within a couple of minutes uh, fairly fast. Uh, so this is what I would have gotten out on an email had I done this search. So I can see that if I'm interested in ischemic heart disease, I might find some 170,000 samples from 130,000 Danish individuals. So that might be a good starting point if I want to do a, a very large, uh, large study. So... A little bit on the soft, soft side of running a biobank. Uh, we heard uh, this morning from, from different angles on the biobanking world. And I think in Denmark, we're quite jealous on, on some of the larger 
international initiatives. We wanna we wanna do the same. We wanna uh, wanna have a very nice relation to the public. We wanna collaborate with the industry within the Danish regulatory framework. So we're working towards that. And then a way to do this is to have, be an open biobank to welcome everybody, to welcome important stakeholders, to welcome the population. And here's just a world map of the guests we had for 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 uh, some years since we opened. Uh, and, and, and we do have guests from all over right now. Obviously, this is uh, shut down due to COVID. But in general, we are an open place and we really try to integrate, interact with the stakeholders. We do also run uh, courses. We run a PhD course right now. We do a symposium. We, uh, we participate in, in research festivals that are around Denmark, trying to, to be open and transparent and ask, uh, interact with the donors and, and, and explain what we do and why we do it, and, and obviously all the impact it, it, uh, it does for them. Uh, yeah, different other uh, interactions with the public. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, and we have a podcast. And as I mentioned this morning, these talks from, from this symposium will be recorded via Zoom, put on our website, but they're also, you can also find them in your podcast player. And we think actually it, it, might, uh, it might be a nice way just to listen to uh, great science. Uh, a little bit on, on the publications. Uh, so far, uh, till the end of 2019, uh, 328 publications were uh, papers were published based on biological samples from the Danish National Biobank with an impact factor of 9.9. And if we just look a little bit about the research topics, so this is a word cloud on the on the journal titles where the research is published. Um, and this is a word cloud of the uh, paper titles, just to get a get a feeling with. So, what's the titles? What's the subjects of these papers that are published uh, on behalf of uh, of samples from the Danish National Biobank? Yeah. So, I will actually stop here. Uh, go to our website. This is the Danish version. You can also obviously tap into the international one. Uh, we're mainly sponsored by the Novo Nordisk Foundation by a, a large grant to create the Danish National Biobank and run it for a 10-year period. And we're very grateful for that. Uh, the Danish Ministry of Research and the Lundbeck Foundation also participated uh, very nicely in, in making this happen. So thanks to those guys. Uh, that was it.